Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Nehemiah chapter 12. Um, I entitled this, The Joy of Jerusalem Was Heard From Far Away. The Joy of Jerusalem Was Heard From Far Away. And so last week what we had was a a list of of all of the uh, people that were going to be serving and moving back into the city uh, as they were not only the leaders that had volunteered to go back into the city, but also they were casting lots. And this week, the uh, first 26 verses still deal with that list, list, so it's kind of a continuation from verse 11. And, uh, And so from... Verses 1 through 26 deals with that list. We'll go over a few things uh, in those verses, and, uh, and then we'll dive in. So let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get started. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for this evening. We do pray uh, for the city of Divine. We pray for uh, the county of Medina, and we pray for the state of Texas, Lord. We are um, definitely uh, in the news today and, and yesterday. And so we pray, Father God, we are... Uh, um, people that that you know care deeply uh for each other and uh, and one of the things i know that i know about texans is they 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 can agree to disagree we can sit in the room and compromise we can talk uh, we won't sit and argue and, and and be silly and so i pray for our leaders uh the stability of our, our of our our state uh and our nation uh, Lord, we, we pray for our leaders in D.C. that kind of orchestrated a lot of the mess that's going on right now. Uh, we pray that anything that's in the dark, bring to the light. Uh, we pray that our, we would have leaders that would seek you and seek to be led by you. Um, and at the same time, Lord, we pray for those that don't want to that don't want to bow to you, that doesn't want to follow you, that you would remove them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, uh, we are turning to you, Lord, because it, it seems just in a, the, a few months, things have gotten really crazy. We pray for Cuba as we pray for the border. Uh, there is still a border crisis. There are still things that are happening with little kids that are being left and, and um, just a mess. Uh, and then to see what's happening in Cuba as well, we pray for them. Uh, there have been people that have been snatched up from their home that have been killed, that have been put in jail. Um, and, and at the end of the day, Lord, uh, we pray as a nation that we would stand up for them uh, as we do for Israel. And, and so we, uh, we just see a lot of chaos. And as we look at these verses tonight, this is all about joy. And the joy that we find is in you. We'll never find it <laughs> in this world. And we definitely won't find it in our nation right now. And so we pray, Father God, for, for uh, us to remember that we don't look to the world for our joy. We look to you. 
And at the same time, Father God, we just pray for this city, for this county. Uh, we pray for our leaders here, for our mayor, and, and I pray for Marcus and their family. And I know there, there have been many that have gotten these summer colds that have gone around, and we've had all these Sahara dust that have blown in and people's sinuses acting up. And we just pray, uh, hopefully, for healing. And I do pray for my brother, uh, whose brother-in-law is in the hospital. We lift him up as well. And uh, just ask that you just continue to heal, continue to have good reports, to be with his wife, uh, Maria, and, uh, and just bring comfort to them as well. We thank you so much, Lord, for this church. We thank you for allowing us to be here. Uh, I pray that as we, we rejoice, that the, the, the rejoicing that we do would be heard throughout the city of Divine and throughout the county and throughout the state and then throughout the nation. We thank you, Father God, for all that you do, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, I want to read something to you because when we, we look at the Levites, we look at them returning to Jerusalem, and there was a responsibility uh, that they had and uh, for handling the things of the temple. And it's actually covered in 1 Chronicles chapter 23. 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verses 8 through 32. And it kind of gives the duty of the Levites because what we're going to see now is as we dive into uh, these, these next chapters, we'll, we'll see uh, just the, uh, the list of the Levites. And we kind of just want to give you an idea of what the responsibility was. And so in 1 Chronicles chapter 23, verse 28 says, For their duty was to assist the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of the Lord, having the care of the, of the courts and the chambers and the cleansing of all that is holy. And any work for the service of the house of God, their duty was also to assist with showbread, the flour for the grain offering, the wafers of unleavened bread, the baking offering, the offering with oil, and all measures of quantity or size. And they were to stand every morning thanking and praising the Lord, and likewise at evening... And when burnt offerings were offered to the Lord on the Sabbath moons and the feast days according to the number required of, the, of them regularly before the Lord, thus they kept charge of the tent of meeting and the sanctuary to attend the sons of Aaron, the brothers for the service of the house of the Lord. So you see, one of the things that we see is, is the priests were separated into 24 different courses and divisions, and there was, it was about 6,000 men that actually handled the temple or the, the, tent of me, the, the tent at the time, the sanctuary. Uh, and as we looked at the temple uh, further down in, in David, they would serve two weeks on, and, and they would have time off. And during that time off, they were actually uh, participating as teachers, as counselors for the city. Uh, they were actually continuing the work, even though they weren't doing the work of the temple, they were doing the work of the Lord. And so when we look at Nehemiah chapter, uh, chapter uh, 12, verses 1 through 7, it says, These are the priests and the Levites who came up from Zerubbabel. And I'm not going to go through and try to kill all of these names, and I wouldn't do that to you all. But the first set in, uh, in verse 7, that deals with the long list of, uh, of head, heads of the priest. And that goes back to 1 Chronicles chapter 24, verses 7 through 19, if you want to go and read that later. Uh, he appointed 20, uh, 24 priestly groups, and they, and they are the priests that returned. And then verses 8 through, uh, 8 through 11 deals with the many generations of high priests. 
And that's covered in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 3 through 15. And that's the returning. And, and, and then we see in, in verse 12, it says, And in the days of Joachim were the priests of the heads of the fathers. So those were the high priests. And then it goes on into verse 23, and it says, And the sons of Levi, their heads of the father's house, were written in the book of Chronicles. So that's where we find these lists from. Uh, all the way down to verse 26, and then we're going to jump into our scripture at verse 27. It says, These were in the days of Joachim, the, the son of Jeshua, and the son of uh, Zodak, in the days of Nehemiah, the governor of Ezra, and the priest scribes. So that list that's covered... Uh, from 23 down, it deals with, uh, to 25, deals with David, the men of God, watch by watch. And then verses 25 through 26 deals with the people of Nehemiah's time, uh, Nehemiah and the governor, and, and of Ezra, uh, the priest and scribe. So now what happens now, we get to the dedication of the wall. Uh, and so now we get to the dedication of the wall. And, and, and with the dedication of the wall is a celebration. And, and um, what we're dealing with is, is we got to remember, this is them rebuilding the wall, right? But the city coming back to life now. People are starting to inhabit the city. Temple worship is coming back. Uh, the, the servants of the temple uh, are, are there now. And so this city had been lying in ruins uh, after 70 years of captivity. And, and now everything is going to return. Uh, in Nehemiah, one of the things that we see is Nehemiah was instrumental in seeing that the wall uh, was rebuilt. But at the same time, one of the things I love that Nehemiah does is he planned this out. So the dedication of the wall was planned out. Uh, uh, Pastor Joel from, uh, from Grace Calvary Chapel used to always tell us nothing just happens on its own. And it's true. Uh, we're, we're in the midst of planning the, uh, the night of worship. And, and, you know, through all of that that's being planned out, just trying to get a flatbed trailer for the stage and the sound and all the stuff that we need, uh, there's planning that goes into it. Now the next phase is trying to advertise and let people know when it's going to be here and try to invite other churches. And, and what our responsibility is is to actually invite people too. Because what we see a lot of times is we'll see Christian events. I, I just saw a pastor, and I won't name the pastor because he may not want it to go out even though he put it on Facebook. But he was at an event for Caleb, and he was upset because nobody was there. And it's like, where are the Christians at? And it's reality is too. It's like, where are we at? Are we celebrating our Lord? Are we, are we celebrating Christ? Are we going to stand firm and stand up and stand in the gap? And, and rejoice uh, that our Lord is, is King of kings, Lord of lords. And none of these things these, these knuckleheads do can, can stop what God's going to do. doesn't matter. And, and realistically, what we need to do is, as, as we look at this dedication and this celebration, we need to remember ourselves is, you know, we should have thanksgiving. We should be singing. We should be rejoicing about our God. And, and one of the things we'll see in verse 27, it says, In the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, uh, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness. I love that. It says to bring them to the Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness. They were happy to be there, right? 
they were happy to be there they uh, you know and then, then it says with thanksgiving and with singing with cymbals and harps and lyres and the sons of the singers gathered together from the district districts surrounding jerusalem and from the villages of Netophites, which is actually right outside of bethlehem uh, and i know i probably mispronounced that all the way and i apologize but they were they were invited to the dedication by the levites by nehemiah it was planned out and and so they're there to to uh one of the things we have to remember when we're planning something is we're planning through um through leadership is is to to pray and and to seek god's guidance and direction and what we're going to do as we have an event uh, whether it's for the city, whether it's for the state, whether it's whatever, you know, whether it's churches coming together, we need to actually put the time in and, and understand that there is a leading from the Holy Spirit, but it requires you to actually get off your feet and move. You know, it, it, it's a step of faith. And I love that word that they use for gladness. It, it, it's, you know, that one of the things that we know is that it means pleasure or delight. They were happy to be there. To be worshiping God, they had the right perspective, and and I I can I can tell you right now, if you were to to turn on the news, you would not be glad. There's so much to be unhappy about. You can put on your Instagram or your TikTok or your your Facebook, and there's so much where you just go, what is going on? But you can find joy in God. You can find gladness in God. You need to have the proper perspective. As Christians, we need to remember that. It's very easy to get defeated and beat down and go, what is happening to our country? Or what is happening to Cuba? Or what is happening to South Africa? Because I don't even think most people know what's going on in South Africa right now. It's a nation in turmoil. And, and, and you're just like, man. But you know what Psalm 100 one and two says it says make a joyful noise to the lord all the earth serve the lord with gladness when we come in to serve we serve with gladness come into his presence with singing like do we come in worshiping and singing and being happy that we're here you know we get to be here that we actually can worship god still in this country openly at this moment you know we have to look at those things I, I love Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And being thankful. They're glad. They came around and, and they're not complaining. They're ready to serve. You know, and, and, and right now what we see a lot of is, you know, you see all these different groups of singers in the region and they're all coming together and gathering together and they're gathering together as one body. Lord knows you can't get the Baptists together with the Lutherans and the Lutherans won't come together with the Calvary Chapel and, and we're one body. One body. We, we have to understand that we, as a church, one of the things that's the most important thing is that we, we believe in God. We believe that His Son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross. The only way you make it to heaven is through repentance and belief in your heart that Jesus rose. 
from the dead. We have to ask ourselves, are we interested in the things of God? Because these people were. These people were. One of the things that I read this week that really broke my heart was we were in Ezekiel, I think, 22. And um, the verse was, uh, I'm going to pull it up because it stuck out to me today. And, and again yesterday. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. This is when uh, you got to look, and this is everybody's being taken into captivity. And now we're seeing people coming back to the nation of Israel and worshiping the Lord. But this is what, what's sad about all this is it says in Ezekiel 22:30, it says, And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Couldn't find anybody. Couldn't find anybody. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, as, as believers in Christ, you need to be interested in the things of God and be willing to stand in the gap when nobody else will stand. Nehemiah stood and said, Lord, if you send me, I'll, I'll do the wall, whatever you need me to do. He, that, that wasn't his specialty. He was a cupbearer. He was a head of state. But yet he was led by the Lord to go do what? To restore the wall. He stood in the gap. And, and the thing that we need right now is men and women that will be gladly standing in the gap in their cities for Jesus Christ. Because there's more of you than you think. That's the problem. The reason why there are no Christians at these events is because they're hiding. They're hiding. We have, to, we have to be believers that are, are rejoicing and giving thanks and have gladness in our God, praying and, and seeking the things of the Lord. And, and sadly, you know, as we see right now, we just see that, that these individuals gather together with gladness. They came from everywhere, from all around, to worship God. No complaints, no conflicts, just to worship God. In verse 29 it says, And also with Bill Gilgag, and from the region of Geba, and, uh, and Asmavith, from the singers held, singers had built for themselves villages around Jerusalem. The singers were building villages around Jerusalem so they could be there ready to go to serve. In verse 30 it says, And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and they purified the wall and the gates and the wall. Uh, this is something very important for us as believers. When's the last time you purified yourself? Is there something that you need to purify? Is there a sin or something going on that needs to be gone that's why we sung that song you are holy he's the lord god almighty he's holy you're called to be holy we're going to see a couple things that keep themes that keep coming over and over the washing the purifying you're going to see the words rejoice a lot holy 
And, and for us, Leviticus chapter 16, verse 30 says, For on this day uh, shall atonement be made for you to cleanse, to, to cleanse you. You shall be clean, clean before the Lord from, uh, from all your sins. And we get the example of this when Jacob told his whole household in Genesis chapter 35, verse 2. It says, So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. He's telling them, Hey, look, all this stuff that doesn't, that's not from the Lord needs to go. And if there's stuff in your house that needs to be purified, it needs to go. It's got to go. You, you, you can't have that stuff around. You're, you're inviting stuff into your house that you don't need. The enemy. And, and, and the, the whole point of, of purifying themselves and changing their clothes is a symbol. It symbolizes their sin. It's removing it. You're removing it. And, and that's what happens to us when we give our life to Christ is you know, we're clothed in the, in the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ when we repent. And we ask Christ into our hearts and, and we follow Jesus. He's, he's our authority. We're clothed in His righteousness. It doesn't give us the right to sin, but at the same time, we're, we're called to pursue holiness and righteousness. And the priests and the Levites, they had to purify themselves. Before the celebration, they were purifying themselves. They not only purified themselves, but they purified the people and the gates and the wall for the Lord. These are the same people that stood up and confessed their sins and separated themselves from the foreigners. And they're, and they're, they're, they're continuing their worship by purifying themselves on this day too. This is the day of the Lord. This is a celebration to celebrate who? Not the work they did. It was to celebrate what God did. That's, that's part of our problem is we, we want to celebrate self and that's not what God's called us to do. Leviticus chapter 11 verses 44 and 45 says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself therefore and be holy. For I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming things that crawl, crawls on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. God has created us to be holy because He's holy. He makes us holy. And when we, when we place our faith in Christ, we live out our holiness when we surrender to God and yield to the Spirit in obedience. That's why I said, is there something that you need to purify yourself with? Because when you're living in disobedience, you're in sin. Numbers chapter 8 verse 21 says, And the Levites purified themselves from sin and washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them as a wave offering before the Lord. And Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. He purified and cleansed the leaders. And the leaders, what they're doing now is they're purifying and cleansing the worship before the worship starts. They're, they purified and washed the people. And the gates. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 11 says, Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. 
Go out from the midst of her, purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. And what that's talking about is it's actually talking about the things that we, uh, we mistakenly think that we have under control, that you have. In, and, and when I read that, one of the things that hits me right off the bat is what are you touching? Your hand, your phone every day, your tablet, your computer. Is there something there that you need to deal with? God's saying, don't even touch that stuff that's sin. It's not a command. It's not a suggestion to us, but a command. He gives us the power to, to overcome the sin because it's through the Holy Spirit. And when we're disconnected from the Holy Spirit, we don't have victory in it because we, we fall to it. And we ourselves have to practice purity, ourselves. I, I remember something that Joe said to me about when, the way my son teaches, and it made a lot of sense to me, is there's a purity to what he teaches because there's a purity to his age and the way that he carries himself. And, and I was like, yeah, because as the older you get, the things that I've seen, the things that I was involved in up until 39 and give my life to the Lord till late. You know, unfortunately, those things are still being purged out of me, still being washed out of me. And, and so, you know, we have to remember that there's a, a call for us to be pure as believers. That's why... When somebody's being called out by, let me see how I can put this without getting in trouble. When somebody's being called out by an organization, they don't have anything to worry about, even if they check their emails. There's nothing for them to worry about because they have nothing they're hiding because they're living a life of purity. They don't have to worry about what texts come out or what emails come out. There's, they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to defend themselves because they have a life of purity. It's like, go ahead and check them. There's nothing there for you to check. And that's, that's a, a great place to be, right? Because, like, if I, if, if I said, okay, hey, let me have the phone or let me have the computer, or let me come in the house. Is there somewhere I can't go? Right? There, there's that purity of going, you know what? I belong to God. I, I'm, I am pursuing holiness. I don't have any little hidden phones or hidden things that I need to worry about. Everything's available to whoever. I won't have to worry about defending myself. God does. And there's nothing hiding. And so when we, we talk about purity and we talk about holiness, it's something that we need to remember is, is our hearts need to be cleansed daily. And it's very easy to hold on to stuff or to be upset about something or, you know, somebody say something to you and, it just, and you just hang on to it. It becomes a bitter, bitter root and you've got to let it go. You don't want it to become a sin. And so washing ourselves daily. Um, you know, it's funny because this congregation, when they first came together, 
They needed to confess their sins, right? And now look what they're doing. They're washing themselves. They're, they're just doing what they're called to do. In James chapter 1, verses 23 through 25, it says, If, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he, looks at, 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 he, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So we are hearer of the words. We are to be doers of the word. We're not supposed to be, you know, uh, allowing those things to, to, uh, to, to muddy up that picture. And, and make us forget because what we have a tendency to do is think, oh, I'm good to go. There's nothing that needs to be purified. And we all have sin daily that we need to deal with. So, you know, that's one of the questions that, that I have is like, is there something that you do need to purify yourself? Is there something that needs to be confessed and need to be dealt with? Verse 31 says, Then I brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall and appointed two great choirs and that, that gave thanks. One went to the south wall, to the dung gate. So what he does is he gets two. And this is what's so cool. He sends one choir one way and the other choir the other way and they're going to meet in the middle. So they're going to do worship all the way around the city, completely around the wall. And, and they're going to stand on the wall as well. Right? Because it says in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 13, it says, I went out by night in the valley gate. This is you know 52 days to build this wall and look what we got i went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate and i inspected the walls of jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire and now look the walls are built and the choir is giving thanks and celebrating 52 days later they're they're, they're celebrating and marching and and they have musical instruments and they have leaders that are leading them and Nehemiah and Ezra, they're, they're just enjoying the celebration of the Lord, of what God did, of what God did, and what God provided. And, and remember what the enemy said, right, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3. And Tobiah and, Am, uh, and Ammonite was the, uh, beside him. He said, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, will it break down the stone wall? They were mocking him. And now look at the evidence of God's work. And not only that, they're going to hear this being celebrated throughout Jerusalem and afar from Jerusalem. And Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiworks. And so one of the things we need to remember is that, you know, this is all what God is doing, and God is being glorified in this. And so we have to... We can't lose our, our forward vision as a church. We have a purpose. We want to we be part of the Cactus Fest because we want to be able to meet more people in the city and invite people to the church. We want to be part of the night of worship. We want to uh, see God do amazing things in the city of Divine. And there, there may be a time where you feel like, man, what is going on? Is there, is there anybody coming? What's happening? We're only five months into this thing. You know? People are coming. We, we've been blessed with people tithing and helping out and the lights are staying on and bills are getting paid and praise God. And I'll keep doing this as long as we can do it. 
And, and at the end of the day, we, we, what we want to have is that forward vision. We want to keep looking to what God is going to do. It's great to look back every now and then and go, man, look what God did. But don't get so focused on what God did that you forget what He's going to do. Too many churches are living in their past glory. And they're hiding in their buildings. They become bomb shelters. They're just waiting for the rapture. Sitting in church. And that's not what God's called us to do. We had to, we had to have a forward vision. And, and honestly, that's, that's my, what my prayer is. Alright, and so verse 32, it says, And after them went... Here we go. This is going to be fun. Hashaiah and half the leaders of Judah... Ezariah, Ezra, Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah, and certain, uh, certain of the priests' sons with trumpets. Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, uh, son of Mataniah, son of Machaiah, son of Zechor, son of Asaph, um, and his relatives Shemai, Ezrael, uh, Melali, Gilali, Mai, uh, Nathan. That was the one I was going to get. Out of all the ones, I had that one figured the best. Nathaniel, Judah, and Hanani with the musical instruments of David with the man of God. If I would have messed up on David, I would have just been like, man, come on. Uh, And Ezra the scribe went before them. So here we have Ezra the scribe going before them. And at the fountain gate, they went up straight from them by the stairs of the city of David. And at the ascent of the wall above the house of David to the water gate, on the east and then we see in verse 38 the other choirs the other choir of those who gave thanks went to the north and i followed them with half the people on the wall above the tower of the ovens uh, uh, to the broad wall above the gates of ephraim and and by the gate of yeshaniah uh, and the and the fish gate and the tower of hananel and the tower of hundred to the sheep gate and they came to a halt at the gate of the guard so both the choirs of those who gave thanks stood in the house of god and i and half the officials with me there they are and they've walked the city one going one direction the other going the other direction singing and rejoicing and worshiping god and and that's a great theme for what we want to happen with the night of worship is us coming together and worshiping God to be heard from afar. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's the, the dedication and the thanksgiving to God. It's, it's something that should be a part of our life. Like, are there things that we can be thankful of today? Like, can we give thanks to God? Because a lot of times we can complain to God very easily. Well, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time complaining. But do we give thanks to God? This is a city that was in 150 years of ruins. And now the city is coming back to life. It's returning. And it's what God does. It's His work. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And here's the key to that verse. And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You, you are prepared for good works. You're not saved by them, but your light is supposed to shine and give glory to the Father. For us, I think that's one of the things we talked about. Sun, salt, and light, right? We're, we're supposed to know and grow and go in the sun. 
Jesus Christ, and then be the salt and the light in divine. We see verses 41 through, and I'll, I'll, I'll drop down to 43. Uh, and the singers uh, sang with Jezariah as their leader. There's a list of the priests and then the singers. And they offered a great sacrifice that day rejoiced, uh, that day and rejoiced, for God had them rejoice with great joy. I want you to catch the number of times you're going to see rejoice. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Right? And the women and children of uh, uh, and, and the women and children also rejoiced. Everybody's rejoicing, right? And then here's the title for our teaching for tonight. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Remember what they found out when the city was being rebuilt, the wall was rebuilt? Everybody got scared because what? City's done. That's a work of God. God's back in that city. God's back for his people, the nation of Israel. And now you see, look, they're singing and, and the word is going out through worship and rejoicing. And we see singing mentioned eight times. You know, I think one of the things I always remember is going to the men's retreat and the men sing like crazy. And then we would come back from the men's retreat and they're like crickets. I never understood it. They sang with such passion when it's just the men. But we would come back from the men's retreat and I told them, I'll challenge you to, to sing like that. They did it for about two weeks and I think, right, Court? And it was about two weeks and then it, it kind of died out again. They just get back to being crickets again. But we're called to sing. It's, it's, you're not attending a funeral. You're coming in to worship and rejoice and, and give thanksgiving and gladness to be in the house of the Lord. And, 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 you know, just FYI, I know that we started worship early tonight, but service starts when worship starts. Because you're, you, you, you sing and you usher yourself into the Word of God. And I love that they sacrificed, they rejoiced, they had joy. Remember Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, do you remember what it said? It said, then he said to them, go away, go your, your way, Eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And they're, they're rejoicing and singing. And we have to remember what Nehemiah said back in chapter 8. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our strength. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but a sorrow of the heart, the spirit is crushed. See, one of the things, I, I, I love the example I think Warren Worsby gives. He says, Do you see a bee, or do you just see the stinger? Do you see the bee or do you just see the singer? Or do you see the bee and see the honey? That's Warren Worsby. That's not Mike. I'm not that bright to come up with that. That's a good one. But it's, it's, that's it. sometimes we just have this glum, just downtrodden, beaten up. And you have God. 
you know, you, you, <laughs> you know, you know, a, one of the things that I pray is like when we have a joyful heart, isn't it fun to be around joyful people? It is. Laughing and having a good time and, and sharing stories about the Lord and, and sharing stories about fellowship and stuff that's happened and mission trips and, and you start laughing and just having a... It's, it's part of, you want to be around those people. Nobody wants to be around an unhappy person all the time that's grumpy. That, that Their whole look on life is just like, pfft, everything's a bad circumstance, there's nothing. Look, man, I, it's very easy for me. If I watch too much news, I can get very grumpy. I have to turn it off every now and then. And, and the good thing is, is God's got me studying, so it keeps me from ha having it on as much as I, as I would. You know, at the end of the day, we, we rejoice. We have a message of greatness of God. It's like when, I love what Pastor Bungie said, when they, they come knock, knocking at your door, you want to give them the vaccine? Give them, the, give them Jesus Christ. That's the only vaccine they need. That's what they need. They're coming to your door. Share the gospel to them. You know what? I'll tell you whether or not I got a vaccine. If you take a moment and let's talk about Jesus Christ. Let's see how long that, that, that visit lasts. But share Christ with them. They come knocking at your door and let me talk to you about Jesus. We can rejoice. Because we have the ultimate vaccine. We have Christ. This is not the end of my time. Right? But it's going to be the end of the time for some people. And we read that today. That was in our daily reading today. Me and my wife, I was like, whoa. Between Ezekiel, we got Ezekiel today because we bounced between Old Testament and New Testament. We're in Revelation. <laughs> and, and we got Revelation 20. Um, and I know, you know, Donna and Corey are very familiar with the, <laughs> the verses when you go to the great white throne of judgment. And your name's either going to be written down in the book of life or... Because it tells you right up. It, it tells you, I'm just going to read this to you. See, I can rejoice because I know my name's written down. And that's what you need to be. Like, I don't matter what you do to me. You want to put me in prison? I'll start a prison ministry. It's that simple. You want to kick me out of the country? I'll start a mission. I'll go out and be a missionary, I guess, in another country. That's what I'll do. We just have to, we have to have the proper perspective. Are you, are you going to be the, are you just looking at the bee for the stinger? Or are you looking at the bee and the honey? You know, we have to have the proper perspective. Uh, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and, and him who was seated on it, from his presence, uh, and uh, from his presence, the earth and the sky fled away, and no place was found for them. So you can't hide. You know, but I don't know what people think. They're just going to hide from the Lord. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they have done. So. And the sea gave up the dead who were in, the, uh, in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. The death, uh, the death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death of the lake of fire. And anyone, this is the key to the passage, and anyone's name who was not, uh, was not found written in the book of life 
he was thrown into the lake of fire. It goes very simply, you know, when we look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it, it only takes one sin for you to, to be judged, uh, to be found guilty. One. One. And people think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to negotiate with God. That's not happening. For the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of, salva- uh, the free gift of uh, eternal life is Christ Jesus our Lord. You have to choose to follow Christ. It only takes one sin. And see, we have this tendency to think that, you know what, I, I, this is it for me. This is not it for me. Like, I, when I'm done here, I get a new body. I don't, ha- I don't have my illness that I have right now. It's done. It's done. I'll actually be able to move and without pain and do everything that I need to do, and I can rejoice in that. There's nothing this world can do to me. Because I have Christ, and I have eternal life. And we have to have the proper perspective. As we, as we look at Scripture, we should be rejoicing. As we look at the Word of God, we should be rejoicing. Because I know right now there are people ready to stand in the gap. There are people standing in the gap. Standing on that wall, ready. And we can rejoice in that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, verses 19 and 20 says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns. This is a lot like the Colossians version. Songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm chapter 5, verses 11 through 12. If you're down, if you're feeling beat up, you feel like the world is just wiping you out psalm 5 verse 11 and 12 but let all who take refuge refuge in you rejoice let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exalt you for you bless the righteous oh you cover him with favor as as with a shield it's, it's Christ that we take refuge in. It's Christ that we, can re, we, we rejoice in. It's Him that we can sing to and find joy in. It's His protection over us. His love. And He's our shield. And finally, we see the, in verse 44, we see the service in the temple. Uh, on that day, the men were appointed over the storerooms, the contributions, the first fruits, and the tithes. To gather into them portion, the portions required uh, by the law for the priest and for the Levites according to the fields of the towns. Uh, for Judah rejoiced over the priest and the Levites who were ministered. And they performed the services for their God and the service of the purification. So again, here's the purification. As they did the singers and the gatekeepers according to the command of David and, and his son Solomon. So they're following what God's word says to do. This is a big thing for Christians. You can defeat half your process and the, the stuff that you're going through by just being obedient to God's Word. And for as long as the day of David and Asaph, there were directors of singers and there were songs and of praise and thanksgiving of to God and all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave the daily portions for the singers and the gatekeepers and they set apart which was uh, for the Levites, and the Levites set apart that which was for the sons of Aaron. So they de- their dedication 
and they 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 made a great sacrifice and it should cost us something to follow the lord it's a free gift to salvation but when we step out to answer that call and to serve christ it's a cost in luke chapter 14 verse 25 it says not great crowds accompany him and now great crowds accompany him and he turned and said to them if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and his wife and children and his brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot uh, be my disciple whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple that sounds like it costs something because it does there's a dedication that these men had to serve at the temple and it's the same dedication we should have to serve christ and it not necessarily needs to be at a church you may be called like Larry Elder who's being called as a Christian man to run for governor in California. There may be a calling for you to be, be called to go run for the school board or for city council as a Christian. I've told y'all this. The church is not the only place you can serve. There's other places to serve. Don't, don't limit yourself. If God's calling you to be a coach somewhere, and you can be that coach on that field and lead those kids and teach them about God through your, your, you being the salt and the light, do that. The church, yeah, we always need servants. That's, that's, that's a gimme. But there's also places outside in the city that need servants as well. Just something to think about. Their worship was holy, and it was dedicated to who? God. Application. First one. Is there an area in your life that needs to be purified? Now, all of us probably can say yes to this because, I mean, it, it, we're at the end of the day. We probably got upset with something or, you know, something we watched on TV and say, oh, Lord, forgive me for what I thought, you know, and I'm in my heart. <laughs> I may not have said it out loud, but it was there, right? Uh, that's why it says in verse 30 in Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 30, it says, And the priests and the Levites purified themselves, and they purify the people in the gates and the wall. Remember that verse in Isaiah 52, 11. Go out from there, touch no unclean thing. If you're touching something that's unclean, or you're looking at something that's unclean, you need to, you need to let that go. You need to surrender that over to the Lord and, and, and just seek forgiveness and ask God to purify you, wash you, and, and, and repent. Second, do you know unhappy Christians? I do. They're never happy. Do you have joy? Do you rejoice and, and have thanksgiving? Can I be honest with you? The world is uh, the world's joy is a delusion and temporary. Okay? Remember that. It is temporary. Any happiness, any joy that you may find from this world is temporary. It's a delusion. God's joy is everlasting. Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12, again. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them, uh, let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may exalt you for you. Bless the righteous Oh, Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. And then last, are you dedicated to the things of the Lord? Spending time in the Word. 
one of the things I love that Nehemiah, Ezra, they were, and the people of Jerusalem at this moment, they're dedicated to the Lord. And their dedication was, was a great sacrifice. There was a cost to do it. And, 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 and just remember, things just don't happen. So it requires prayer. It's a, a leading of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's planning. It's, it's godly leadership. That's what Nehemiah had. And so we need to be dedicated to the things of the Lord. Okay? And we're going to close out in prayer, and I'm going to actually pray that prayer, well, that psalm, over us. Because I love that psalm. I think that's what our nation needs. I think that's what our, uh, those that are following Christ need. And, and, you know, if you have any questions about whether your name's not written in the book of life and you want those answered, please get a hold of me, and I'll answer those. Because you need to know that. Um, because we're getting down to the last days. And the Lord's coming soon. And, and when He comes, if you don't make that choice to follow Christ here on earth, it's too late. There's no negotiations in heaven. There's no court of appeals. There's Once you're in heaven, you die on this earth. And you didn't choose to follow Christ. Your judgment is sealed. There's no good that outweighs the bad. There's no all roads lead to heaven like Oprah and people teach. You need to, you need to make, make that decision. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do come before you, Lord. And I do pray. I ask as we read Psalm 5, verse 11 and 12, I pray this over us. So, Lord, we take refuge in you. We rejoice in you. We came before you worshiping today, and I pray that we would walk out of here singing in joy. I ask that you spread your protection over not only this church, those that are watching online, and this nation. And we ask, Lord, for your love and your name to be exalted above everything else. Bless us with your righteousness, Lord. Cover us and be our shield. We thank you so much for everything that you do and that you're going to do. And when we pray, I know that there are some that didn't make it tonight. They're not feeling well, and I pray that you heal them. I pray again for our, our friend that's brothers in the, in the brother-in-law in the ICU. We pray just for continued health to, to get better. And, and for his wife, Maria, who's, who's worried, we pray that you just bring peace to her. Be her shield tonight. Cover her with your love and your righteousness, Lord. We thank you so much for everything you do. Let our worship, let our celebration, let our rejoicing, and our joy go from out of this church and out throughout the city and throughout the county and into the state of Texas and out into the nation. And we pray again for our leaders. We pray for Cuba. We pray for South Africa. We pray for those places that are in unrest right now in Haiti. Um, the border. And we pray for our leaders, Lord. Draw them back to you. And the ones that don't want to be drawn back to you or don't want to follow you, whatever darkness they're in, expose it. Expose it. 
And uh, we thank you, Lord. We do pray for this building. We pray for Marcus and his family. And uh, we thank you that we were able to come here tonight and worship. And we, we rejoice. We have joy. We know that our names are written in the book of life. And, and I pray that if you don't know that, that you would, you, would, you would make that choice tonight. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful Wednesday evening. Um, we will be here on Sunday at 10. And we'll be in the book of Mark. And I'm still debating whether I'm going to do verses 13 through 19 or if I'm going to go ahead and push to 21. I'll see. I'm, I'm back and forth. I have my outline done, but I, I read something today. I think I want to spend a little more time in verses 13 through 15. So I'm going to, as I work through it uh, over the next few days, I'll do it. Everybody's worried about moving chairs and making noise. It's okay. Uh, Father God, we, we just thank you. We thank you for today. We pray that we can rejoice as we're laughing here right now tonight. We thank you that we can rejoice and have gladness and being together. So God bless you. I hope that you're having a wonderful evening at home for those that you are watching. And, and, and why don't you come join us uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, remember, if you need to get a hold of me, you need to get a hold of anybody. I know Court's ready to cut me off. Calvarydivine.org. But he's, I can see him on the button already. But I thank you, Court, for, for covering me tonight, man. <laughs> God bless you. And all but uh, CalvaryDivine.org if you need to get a hold of us. Y'all have a good evening. God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at CalvaryDivine.org. God bless.